I also believe, Jessica, that there is um, absolutely someone who has to believe in somebody. And when someone starts believing in you, you start to make a difference. And that's what happened with me. Hey, Jessica, how's your week going? Hi, Girish. My week is going well. It's been really busy. Um, As some of the Destiny Benders podcast listeners know, I work at the Pi and we are preparing for the Pi Live Europe event, which is coming up in less than two weeks now. And uh, I'm on the events team. And so it's been pretty hectic as we lead up to the event, getting everything organized. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. That's awesome. I'm actually in Michigan right now at the Michigan Association of International Educators Conference. I'm um, mm. uh, dialing in from Holland, Michigan, in the western part of the state. Holland, Michigan. Now, I have actually been there. Did you visit? They have like a little Dutch-themed area in Holland, Michigan. I, they, have, they have connections with the Netherlands somehow. Have you very visited? much so. I have not had a chance to visit, and the weather today is not cooperating to do anything before I leave town. So maybe another oh. time. But I did hear a lot about the Dutch settlements here. Yeah. Um, this, this place is beautiful. Anyway, so today we have uh, Nitina Dua. She is a Korean guidance counselor at a high school in New Delhi in India, in Noida, called Shiv Nader. Um, I've known her for a few years, so I'm really excited to get to know her a little bit more on the podcast. I'm assuming you don't know her. Nitina is new for me, and I'm excited to learn more and hear about her journey as a Korean college counselor in India. Welcome back to Destiny Benders. We're here with Miss Nikina Dua. She heads the Career Guidance Center at Shivnader School in Noida. Uh, Nikina, so good to see you. Thank you so much for making time for us. Welcome to the podcast. Likewise, Girish. Thank you very much for having me here. It's a pleasure. And I want to say hello. It's the first time I'm meeting you, and I'm really excited that you were able to join us today. Thank you. I'm going to start off by asking you a question. Because we haven't met, and I'm not familiar with your background, can you just let me know what it is that you do, how you work in international education? Um, And I guess maybe start at the beginning. Where did your journey in international education begin? Hi, Jessica. Of course, we haven't met, but what a pleasure to just meet you and Girish. Um, (laughs) You know, Jessica, we come from a generation, and especially the 80s born, are the ones who got into careers by chance. You know, very few of us got into careers by choice. Um, And we had a fire in our belly and we, we, we stumbled over something and we realized this is our calling. And, you know, I also believe, Jessica, that there is um, absolutely someone who has to believe in somebody. And when someone starts believing in you, you start to make a difference. And that's what happened with me. Um, I was uh, working with a German multinational company at one point in time, uh, globetrotting and, um, you know, enjoying the space that I was in. You know, there comes a point in my life, in, in one's life and I'm again at that juncture, and I'll come back to it later, is when you say that you truly want to make an impact of what you're doing and why you're doing. You know, you try to get into uh, finding true purpose and meaning of what you want to do. And I realized that uh, the way to do that is to actually truly start working with students. And because the world of tomorrow needs healers, and uh, I thought that could be a way we could actually truly look at making that impact. And that's where... 
I gotten into education and 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 that space completely excited me. It was a decade back and a little more than a decade uh stepping into admissions and understanding uh mindsets, understanding people, understanding uh diversity, celebrating inclusion and all of these all of these you know came to me um with an understanding of I wanted to really make an effort to dive deeper into it. and once that happened um you know the 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 ceo of our organization he's a retired colonel from the army and you know with his vision and his and his strictness he said you know what now that you've stepped into education space uh look at uh, planning exit of students from the school and when i look back a decade ago you know there weren't many people who were looking at counseling so seriously and when i say counseling you know it's behavioral is one aspect of it but in careers is one aspect of it right so he said now look at it uh, to say that you know how would you want to plan exit of the school students from the school and when i got onto that journey i cannot tell you it was a lot of unlearning that i did um a lot of learning again i did and a lot of that i translated not only to the student community on campus but also to the educators and as we say rest is history i'm still learning it's work in progress but i'm enjoying every bit of it i'm like that 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 kid in the class who who just never wants to miss school <laughs> <laughs> that's a good role model for your students so i i love what you just said about the learning the unlearning and the learning right that's pretty much life as you go through but i want to dig into that a little bit deeper um you said earlier before we started recording it's there's a perception of who you are as a self and then there's a perception perception of how other people see you right so for the years that i've known you and watched you work and do your work i've seen you as the celebrated appreciated adored respected college career counselor in india how do you see yourself in that role and and to tack on to that i'm curious over the 10 years i'm sure there's been a lot of changes i'm sure the pandemic changed a lot of things i'm just curious what what have you seen in terms of the growth in college career counseling great question girish and that 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 question has many questions uh, intertwined and um, that talks about my own journey of self discovery to a, you know engaging students into a journey of self discovery as a counselor i think the first very important aspect is being comfortable in your own skin so when you say that uh, you know you admire the work i do and people look at me at a certain way it only starts and that's true for any one of us in our professions is only when you're comfortable in your own skin do you radiate a certain kind of an um, you know an energy around yourself and that's what i keep talking to my students also you know it begins with you but the, there's a huge but there but who questions or who makes the student think about how to begin with that journey and i think that's where my start point happened for myself uh, you know there are there are a lot of uh, uh, you know you have to meet the right people at the right time to be at the right place and uh, i i think i was truly lucky when that happened to me girish and to jessica you know i met people in the education space and and let me let me tell you you know the school space is such where you where you're actually embracing different kind of quotients the intelligence emotional social technological a cultural quotient with someone in the sports field someone in in uh, you know arts someone as a nursery teacher so i landed up meeting one of the nursery teachers and and she was introduced to me as someone that you know she is happy to be a nursery teacher she's been a nursery teacher since a decade and she only continues to be wanting to be a nursery teacher all her life 
And that thought stuck to me. That if you're passionate about what you do and you continue to do it over a period of time, that reinforcement only begins to strengthen, not for your own self, but for also for the environment that you're trying to co-create, not for yourself, but for your students and for the, for the space that you're in. Well, I was onto that journey to the second part of the question that you asked is the challenges. They're galore. In a country like India, when you're establishing a space which you're not teaching, right? You're not in the administration, but you're doing something which for a national curriculum school is not really the most important department, then how do you break that barrier with the students? Your leadership might believe in you that this is very important, but to bring it down to the student and the parent and to the teachers on campus to say, well, we are here to make a difference. And this, this difference is, is going to be huge and great because it's like the culmination of a student journey, right? And it's just not about college placements. It's about their profile building. It's about the narrative. So pandemic worked magic because these parents realized when we started doing online sessions, oh, wow, this is as important as my math and my science. And, you know, you know how I am, Girish, you've known me for some time. I'm quite irritating there. I also ensure that I made that kind of impact. And uh, that was a huge challenge to break that barrier. And also the second is, as a counselor, you should never think about losing patience. You can have your own tough times, but you have to identify your coping mechanisms. As a career counselor, what are my coping mechanisms? I can't give it to my students because they look at me in a certain way. And uh, so what are my coping mechanisms? Once you identify, you go back to it. You also have your days when you're not at the best of it. I identified those. I became comfortable in my own skin. And I continue to meet the right people at the right time, like I'm with the two of you. Um, and I think I was just lucky. <laughs> I'd be interested to know, as you were talking, you said um, you started out working in a large multinational organization and then transitioned to the field that you're in now, career and college counseling, which is booming in India. And there are literally tens of thousands of schools across India where they're either have college counselors or hope to have college counselors. So that's an up and coming field. How did exactly, I didn't quite get how you made the transition from your previous role into your current role. How, how exactly did that transition happen? And what advice do you have for other aspiring career and college counselors in India or anywhere else in the world at the moment who are thinking about making either the transition from one career to another or starting out and they're young and they already know they directly want to go into career and college counseling? What advice would you have for them how to make that transition or how to, to get into this field? Great question, Jessica. And I'll just reiterate what I said. I I got into it completely by chance, right? Um, you know, when you're young, in your 20s, there is a fire in your belly and you say, you know, you're going to ace it in the world and, you know, the wo entire world is waiting for you. And suddenly marriage happens and then children happen and then you get into the rigmarole of the practicalities, you know, of shouldering many responsibilities. And I absolutely love, love, and I'm not being gender biased here. I love women uh, who can really go out there and continue to do what they want to do and make that difference and do it well. And I, I often, you know, when I, uh, and when I look at establishing, establishing a very non-judgmental uh, space for my student community, I share my experience with them to say that I'm someone who made a switch in different careers. 
not just different jobs being in one career. I was, I, so I started as an HR professional, gotten into a German multinational company, then gotten into education. And in education, this is like my second switch of like, you know, from an admissions officer to an exit for students. So it's, it's a, and this is like, you know, parents get completely intrigued with it. If an old woman like me born in the eighties is looking at this bold decision, then they're looking at it like, wow, you know, our children should be ready for all of this. And as I said, uh, Jessica, someone has to believe in you. So I was, um, I took this sabbatical in between because, you know, kids happened and marriage happened and, and, you know, and I was quite sure that I want to step out of the house and I want to make a difference in whatever little bit. Differences cannot, you can't just get up one morning and say you've made an impact. Impact is about taking those small mini steps every single day. You know, sometimes you have to reinforce those steps. Sometimes you have to come embrace some challenges, but you don't stop making those, you know, to stop taking those small mini steps. And I think that was the conviction that I had. And I said, I met the right people at the right time. I, I wrote into all my three ex-bosses that I was working in. And I think God's been very, very kind. All three of them wrote in. And they said, you know, well, if you're looking at it and HR space is open for you, if you're looking at it, you know, the German multinational company is waiting for you. And the third, you know, my, my boss who I was working with had moved into education. So he also wrote back, you know, we've opened a new school. Why don't you think about joining? And I being a mother of two, I said, well, this sounds the best, you know, I can really have my kids finish, you know, be with me and jump into education. And I just loved it. The whole idea about this reading the national curriculum framework to understanding how do you create spaces which can tinker thinking into student community uh, to engaging with such simple people with such depth you know, and as I continue to walk onto the path, I just kept learning and learning and figuring out, you know, what this is brilliant. So those, I think those are things that our students of today need because rest, I think for what we are giving them and what we are co-creating for them, they're able to figure it out. And if they're handheld well, they'll kind of fall a little, get up a little, but they'll figure out, I think, but these two things of allowing them to fail in safe spaces, you know, that's very important. And I, as a counselor, I have a strong belief in that. But I do disagree with you on one thing, though, Nitina. Um, you just referred to people born in the 80s as old. I don't know how Jessica <laughs> and I feel about that. Because we were we're older than you, Nitina. <laughs> we're older than you. So, yeah, we I have to meet the two of you more often then. <laughs> we're 70s babies. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but on a, on a serious note, I do want to go back to something you said earlier, and I think it's something to be highlighted. You said you have to figure out your own coping mechanisms because you're not waking up every day at 100%. Maybe give us some examples of your coping mechanisms or how does one go about identifying their stress factors and when they know they're not 100% and how do you develop some of these mechanisms? You know, Girish, so as I said, uh, you stumble over these, these conversations with people that you meet, with parents that you meet and also sometimes students. And I tell you that, each batch of students that I, I interact with, there's, there's absolutely a completely new learning, uh, you know, that I, I draw out of them. And I realized that, uh, and it started because when you're doing something as career counseling and mapping, and there's a, there's a whole space for students to trust you, you also realize there's a lot of baggage that you start carrying yourself. But, you know, as Jessica said that, you know, what is a tip that you would like to, or what is something that you would like the new counselors to keep in mind? Having said whatever I said, 
But, you know, as a counselor, the main responsibility, Girish, uh, and also why I identify that coping mechanisms are so important is that you start shifting the compass of accountability slowly out to the student community, you know. And when that shift starts to happen, there's a responsibility that I take and there's a bit that the parents take. And there's a bit that the student also takes. Students primarily don't understand accountability very strongly, right? And once you start shifting that compass onto the students for accountability, it starts coming out as a lot of pressure on them. From high school, I start treating them as young adults. I don't treat them as, and I don't even address them as, as anyone else but young adults because they have to start understanding what that term means. I think my second meeting question to the students are, what is your coping mechanisms? And I try to figure that out. For some, it can be music. For some, it can be dance. For some, it could be as simple as going out for a walk in the evenings. And when I tell these to my, um, my parents and when they are looking at it, because 50% of our student community looks at applying abroad. And, you know, in a country like India, where children are only quadrant, right? That is one element of capability, which, you know, a school grade 10 and 12 mark sheet will give to you. But there's a huge element of call culpability. You just suddenly realize that your child's already, he's gotten great marks, but uh, does the child have the coping skills? Okay, so, so the conversation again gets backwardly integrated into the high school years to say that what, how are we building those? Some of the students don't understand this, don't realize it. So my, I tell my students, may that be theater, may that be as simple as cleaning could be therapeutic for some. Cleaning my room can be very therapeutic or keeping, keeping things in an organized way can be very therapeutic. Music can be therapeutic. Sports can be therapeutic. You have to identify. For me, it's art. For me, it's travel. And for me, it's also cleaning. <laughs> I like to keep things in a, in a certain way. Interesting. That is interesting. Art and cleaning are two things I, and travel, actually, I would agree with you on all three of those. I incorporate them in my life and it definitely helps me when I'm, as I was before I got onto the podcast call, <laughs> frazzled <laughs> from work and other things. You need those coping mechanisms. Before we, we got on the call today, I did Google, not Google you, but look you up on LinkedIn because Girish said we were going to chat with you and I wanted to find out who you are. And I noticed you're involved in a number of other things. I noticed there on your LinkedIn profile. I think I saw IC3 you're actively involved in. Could you tell us about a little bit about what other things in your life professionally you do and you're involved in, in terms of career and college counseling within India? Jessica, that's a that's that's a lovely question, but um, yeah, I'll have to really, really, as I said, you know, kind of really dig deep. Um, so to just to say that, you know, I think probably every week I I am on some some kind of a conversation with somebody uh, on a panel, but but primarily um, with the bodies. Uh, of career and college counseling, which are strong in the country, especially I am, I was chairing a committee with IC3 in the previous year. Um, and uh, I, there is an organization called ICAE on which I'm on the advisory board. Um, there are um, uh, there are a lot of articles that stand published uh, in the business world, Pioneer and many other places. I uh, help students, you know, I kind of really, really uh, forge a very strong relationship with the professional network uh, within the country, because I strongly believe in experience and impact for our students. And when I talk about experience and impact, that can't only and solely happen just with being within the, uh, within the, you know, the school boundaries. So we let our students do something called an internship. 
So I forge a strong industry experience, uh, you know, with 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 the people in the community, and our grade eleven students are a part of that. Um, so yes, like today I'm recording a podcast. Um, I mean, I think on a Monday or Tuesday I was on one of the panels. Next week again I'm in one of the counseling of conferences. So all of this is just, I think. And you know, Jessica, a very strong element of me is also very restless because I'm also looking for a stronger impact. So I ensure that in a week, I'm meeting one or two people from the community, outside the community, because in India, because career and college counseling, um, you know, because of IC3, it suddenly become glamorized. There are a lot of new things that are mushrooming, which is uh, you will have, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, summer schools coming in, a lot of these uh, programs which are online, which are coming in for the students. So I like to meet everybody who's bringing those in so that I I kind of see what is coming in for my student community or campus. So it's an exciting space. I meet a lot of new people, uh, engage in some meaningful conversations, um, collaborate a lot with counselors across the country. So yes, trying to just do my little bit, as I said, continue to take those small mini steps. And I will continue to do that. Outside of work, I know you're from Delhi. Born, raised, you're a true Delhiite, right? Uh, you know, you obviously did a bunch of different things before you got into college career counseling. Take us back to your high school. When you were a high school student, I mean, what were you thinking you'll be for the rest of your life? Uh, you sound like art is a focus of yours. And was that, you know, instrumental in your high school and then college? I don't know where you went to college or what you studied. Maybe tell us a little bit about that because we know about your professional life. I want to know who Nitana is outside of it. Uh, so I'll take you back uh, when I was born and that I complete in the next 30 seconds is, you know, Jessica <laughs> asked me, how am I pronouncing your name? Is it correct? So there's this, Jessica, this is for you. There's this very, uh, very, you know, popular name in the country, which is called Nitin. So my mother thought uh, it's going to be a boy, landed her having a girl. She kept it simple. She added an A. So that's how Nitina came into being. <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of times that happens, I think, in India. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it, but I'm very happy because uh, you're one of the very few who pronounced my name absolutely right. Uh, but uh, Girish, thank you for taking me back into my high school years. I, I come from one of the great schools in the country. And, um, and you know, that's a school which, which has many students in one section. And I think all of us just figured out faltering a little, getting up a little, navigating our paths to see, all right, this is what we are getting into. Let's try getting into that. Why I feel passionately about career career and college counseling is because I was um, a bright student, um, you know, in my 10th and I got great marks and my parents thought I'm absolutely meant for science. And they put me into science and I'm in the first two months, I realized this is not for me. And I'm not cut out for science at all. And but I had nobody to discuss this with because my parents believed in me. I figured that out. I changed my stream to commerce and I did commerce with math got further into uh, doing my Bachelor of Arts from Delhi University and then my MBA, you know, and I'm a typically uh, born and brought up in Delhi. But having said that, I continued to study and, as I said, kept unlearning, learning and relearning. I just finished a teacher's, you know, college course from Columbia University, did, uh, you know, college and career counseling course from, you know, there's this uh, Dr. Ravindran, uh, he does this, etc. This is a bit of also understanding the aspect of being a guidance counselor, because I feel that career counselor alone cannot, you know, help you get the jigsaw puzzle, right? So that's what I did. Then I did the, you know, global belt, gold belt certification course from UCLA. But, you know, each each stage of 
of what I experienced and where I was to where where I continued to, you know, kind of see that I am going to do what I'm going to do was the fact that what best can I gain from what I have right now? So the choices that I made, I wouldn't say they were choices. I gotten into them because nobody really, really at that point in time, there was an established career counseling department that guided us. But what I tell to my students are the experiences that I have is that whatever you get, you know, try to see what best you can derive out of that. And once that intent is right, I think it's not very difficult to navigate a path from there on. You know, and I, I say that, you know, there comes a point in your life that that your education can take you to one point, And after that is how well do you connect with people? And, you know, I think connections and networking and and understanding that your intent is right to make that impact and difference. I think that is another stepping stone to say that. Here we are, uh, you know, connecting with the community, uh, understanding the larger vision and finding our own purpose and kind of marinating the two well to to see what difference can we create together. I 100%, I 100% agree with what you just said about, you know, education can take you only so far. And then after that, it's the connections and it's utilizing your connections, right? And I think also recognizing where you can be, they go between between two people or two organizations and, and make those connections that might be better fit, making those introductions, I guess, as it were. So when you're counseling your students, it sounds like you're drawing a lot upon your own personal experience, you know, of which you've had a varied, you know, background and experience. And I'm assuming that really helps in your career in college counseling profession. So we call our podcast Destiny Benders, and we like to talk about people who are changing lives and bending destinies in the field of international education. Who in your life, if you look back, assuming you've changed lots of lives in your role, I mean, that's what you do working with young people, but who in your life, when you look back, has been a real destiny bender for you, has been a real life changer to, to cause you to be on the path that you're on today one person whenever i i close my eyes and you know i thank there's also something called gratitude and i i'm someone who hugely believes in that belief system that you know you can't move forward until you thank the people who've made you who you are and that's again something that i keep telling to my students that you know never forget to have gratitude for people who uh, you know, who make that difference. May that be the may that be the didis and the bhaiyas who get your class together in the morning to keep it ready for you. One person who has totally made an impact in my life is our CEO, Colonel Gopal Karunakaran. He's a retired uh, colonel from the army, a thought leader, someone who believes in people, someone who ideates and pushes you to challenge you, you know, further. Someone who um, who has no inhibitions to to give you feedback, and I when I talk about feedback, it's also called a term called constructive criticism. You know, when you meet a person like that who lets you feel empowered and gives you that space to do what you are, believes in you, I think magic then stands to happen because they see something in you, as I said, and I think I'm sure he saw something in me. And another huge person in my life who's made that impact is our founding principal of the Shivnath School, uh, Mrs. Shashi Manaji. She's someone who also understood education with a huge component of what skills can bring into education. 
right? There's one bit of what academia can bring into education, but there's another aspect of what skills can bring into education. And as I said, that, that this generation is going to make a switch of seven careers, not seven jobs. So what is important is what skills in each subject is a child imbibing. I think when I look back at it, uh, of course, with the support of my family and all of that, these are two very strong people in my life who continue, who continue to push me, share with me feedbacks, uh, tell me that there are bigger things that you can think about, you know, really push me to get out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, so those are people who these two are definitely very, very close to my heart. So I want you to quickly react to this chat GPT. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, was that? what was that reaction? Girish, it's a very mixed kind of a feeling, you know. Uh, I think a smart parent and educator of today is the one who can help students navigate their path with technology. But what this is strongly doing is this, this is going to stop our children to think. And that scares me, right? But um, how, as educators, can we truly think about putting a stop there? I don't know, but this is scary. <laughs> to me at this and you point, haven't seen and you haven't seen enough yet the new version just came out two days ago you should see gpt4 but, but Grish, what amazed me in that was that every time you ask G, chat gpt one question a second time it gives you a different answer so that's exciting you know i mean if it's like you know it's not a repetition of the previous one the question could be the same but it's giving you a different answer so I don't know what admission officers have to worry about it. How are they going to get the plagiarism <laughs> test on their college essays? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of conversations. I'm at a conference right now. There's been some discussions here. Yeah, well, I just wanted to get your quick reaction to that. You know, uh, but, I've, I was going to say, I've never actually clicked on or gone onto it. I mean, of course, we've talked about it, Girish, a bunch of times. We've had people on talking about it. I have never actually looked at it or Googled it or anything. I need to. Check it anyway. out. Check it yeah, out. You Check must. it out. You must. Yeah. yeah. You will, you will, yeah, it'll blow your brains. First of all, thank you for taking so much time out of your evening to spend with us. It's uh, it's so cool. I hope this kind of was good for you to go down memory lane. You, we don't, I don't think we, as every day, we don't sit down and think about where we've come from because it's such an important aspect of who we are. So to know where we're going, it's important to know where we come from. So these conversations really help. It's always so cool for us to hear. Uh, we, we see people. As they're speaking, and we can see they're just there, you know, the wheels turning in their head and going back. But as we wrap up, we always try to wrap up with a series of quick fire questions, as we call it. I'll go first. You said travel was something that you really um, love. What's been the best place you've traveled to? Uh, nice. Once, yeah. I would want to go back again. And, and where would you like to go that you haven't been? Egypt and also mm -hmm. Turkey. I haven't done that yet. There's a lot of history to Egypt, and I really want to dive deeper into that aspect. Turkey, I just, I just love it, but I hope I'm able to do it. Yeah, so I'm sure. And in India too, I have a. I mean, I mean, not India, but yeah, Bhutan is. I think because of their happiness index, um, I want to get as much of it as I can to give away to my students <laughs> and parents, yeah, because that's what they need. Yeah, that's awesome. So my quick fire question for you is something, again, that you mentioned in that same sentence about art. So I studied art at university. That's what I have a bachelor's degree in. Do you make art or do you like to read about art or go and see museums? Who's your favorite artist? Tell us a little bit more about that side of you. So uh, Jessica, I love sketching. 
You know, if so, that's one of my coping mechanisms. If I'm like sitting with a sheet of paper, I'll just sketch, you know, and that's where it is. Um, so I love, I love, of course, um, visiting museums. Um, but I don't really understand art with that depth, to be very honest, but I appreciate art in a very big way. And that's where, and I feel that that's, that's, that that's a component everybody should have, but I've realized not everybody understands it, but if it could be taught in an interesting way, it'll be great. So that's one thing, but, uh, Everybody is my favorite in art because I feel that everybody is different and they're doing different kind of things. Yeah, in India, I used to really, um, he's no more, but M.F. Hussain and his um, his art is always, he would, he would, his art would have a certain kind of energy with, with his special paintings on horses. And I think horses as a picture depicts just not what it stands for, but it, it, it has meaning, which you can, you know, derive out of in many ways. So yeah, that's, that's where it, but I love sketching. And if I would have met the right career counselor, I can tell you, I would have been in some field related to art for sure. Yeah. I mean, some aspect of my life would have been towards that. Yeah. All right. Last question. You mentioned cleaning as a coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. Cause I am very anal. Like I like things very clean. And I think I drive people crazy sometimes with how you know clean I want to be. So tell me more about that. Girish, I just feel that, um, and and I think I look at it from a minuscule way, but when I look at cleaning, if I think if everybody does their job of what they're expected to do, cleaning would less be therapeutic for many one, each one of us in many ways. It's because everybody doesn't do their you know work the way it's supposed to be done. Some individuals like you and me have OCDs and we get into that <laughs> cleaning bit. But I'm someone who likes things organized, right? I like it like that. So everything needs to be tagged, you know, and everything needs to be labeled. And I'm quite crazy there. Um, so if it's a scissors, it will be, you know, it will be kept in a certain <laughs> way. And I can drive people crazy. But as I said, no offense to your 70s births. I'm the 80s. <laughs> but Girish and Jessica, I am trying to unlearn this. To say that at least my younger generations, if when I'll not have the physical strength to clean, at least I'll not irritate the younger people who are going to be around me to say, keep that in the right way, do that the right way. So I'm just trying to say to yeah. myself that no, 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 this has to get better. <laughs> I would be right there with you on the labeling and the cleaning, but I have two boys, teenage and preteen boys, and oh my gosh, the cleaning that they force upon me. I mean, they honestly, they'll take off their clothes and just drop them on the floor, walk away, glasses, cups, old milk all over the house. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the three of us should get together and have a little cleaning <laughs> convention. <We could>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, we really appreciated this. We've known each other, but I know you don't really know somebody till you actually sit down and chat with them. That's why we do this podcast. So thank you, Nitin. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Girish, and thanks, Jessica. You made my weekend. Um, actually, nobody's ever sat down and I dive down into my own journey. And also, you know, while you're speaking, you're reflecting. Mm -hmm. But uh, thank you very much for this experience. It, it means a lot to me.